0: Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dories.
1: I'm sure you've heard it a gazillion times that all couples fight, even happy couples fight. And... In fact, if you aren't fighting, one of you isn't being honest. And the corollary, corollary to this is that it's really okay to fight as long as you learn to fight fair or in some cases some, some professionals suggest fighting naked. It's best to continue to hash it out because it's not good to go to bed angry. And I'm not kidding. This is the advice that's out there, and I'm going to tell you it is dead wrong good communication is not the panacea for a happy relationship it's just impossible to have a good one without it and good communication does not involve fighting not even fair fighting so yes once again the topic of the show will be communication specifically addressing the toxic communication style that my guest matt fray calls the same fight Matt is a relationship coach, and he blogs at Must Be This Tall to Ride. So, Matt, thanks for coming back on the show and talking about this ever-popular and ever-challenging topic.
0: Uh, Thank you, Leslie. Flattered to be back.
1: So, again, I read your blog posts every week. I love them. (laughs) And you wrote a recent post called Break the Toxic Communication Habits with STFU method, or otherwise known as shut-the-fuck-up method, where you identify this idea of the same fight concept. So, can you define what that is?
0: Yeah, I uh, almost, in a tongue-in-cheek way, call what I perceive to be an observable pattern um, among the vast majority of couples the same fight. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean every couple has an identical fight. It means the same fight exists in an individual couple and it tends to be unique maybe from other people's, but it's their own unique brand of toxicity that just reappears over and over again. And everybody listening who's in a long-term relationship probably knows exactly what we're talking about. That They, they mm-hmm. always start the same and they feel the same and they develop the same patterns. And before you know it, you know, she's thinking, my God, this man doesn't get it. And he's thinking, oh no, she's, you know, she's mad at me again. I did something <laughs> wrong. And, uh, and that's, that's the same fight, and uh, uh, it's, it's it's sort of it's sort of funny until years it's of not. it. Yeah, until years of it breaks your relationship,
1: like really slowly. Well, yeah, it's really interesting because I'll talk because I'll talk with my clients about this, and I can say to them, I said you can tell me exactly what you're in in your same fight. You can tell me everything that your partner is going to say to you before they say it. And your partner can do the same thing because you just keep you just keep running the same scenario over and over and over again it's Einstein's definition of insanity because somehow you expect a different result I'm not quite sure where that comes from but you know it, it it seems to play out this way so so what is that dynamic how does it show up
0: well I, I... I think, I think you will have observed this in your work um, the, the same as I have in my limited sort of experience where they're working with others, but, but really, this all started because, for, for any of your listeners who don't know, this all began because I made all of these crucial mistakes in my marriage and then got divorced, and though, even though I didn't want to, and it was a very <laughs> bad time. And then I had to, like, I, I needed for self-preservation reasons to figure out why my relationship got so unhealthy, why it broke, why I ended up divorced, despite, you know, philosophically really caring and not wanting my marriage to fail. So in the process of figuring it out over a couple of years of writing about it, thinking about it, reading about it, talking to everybody I could about it, I sort of identified the same fight pattern in my relationship. And what I feel I've learned over the past six, seven years of thinking about and writing about this that I didn't understand at the beginning is that. These are two people who are not, very rarely, are they trying to harm one another. I mean, these are people mm-hmm. who voluntarily entered marriage. And they say, I love you, and they mean it. And they, they understood the stakes when they got married. They're like, this is a lifelong commando of one another. And mm-hmm. people who enter that kind of relationship just do not, as a general rule, intentionally try to sabotage it. Um, it's very bad, right? When your marriage is bad, it's very bad um, when mm-hmm. your marriage and- breaks. Um,
1: Right, and unfortunately, because of this pattern that you're about to describe, people start then to think that their partners are doing this on purpose and with the intent to hurt them.
0: That's that's right. And so I'm going to make, like, some generalizations here. I don't like to make generalizations (laughs) because sometimes people feel like, that doesn't apply to me. I just think we can observe this to be true most of the time. But it tends to materialize as the wife the female, it doesn't have to be a marriage, but the female in a long-term relationship approaching her male partner and sharing with him a story about her day or perhaps some concern um, about life or maybe specifically about the relationship. and then, Or
1: maybe even potentially something the partner is doing that is bothersome.
0: And, and while the man, and again, I'm leaning on my own experience because this is, this is the very thing I was guilty of, as she's describing all this stuff to him, he's like, well, she sees this differently than I do. I'm now going to explain to her this, this sort of better way to think about what happened so mm-hmm. she doesn't have to feel bad about it. Or or he agrees with the events that happened, but he then explains to her how, but what happened doesn't rise to enough importance that you'd have to feel bad about it you're you're overreacting you're letting it bother you when you shouldn't you're too um, sensitive and, right yes uh uh-huh. and 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 i think it's especially bad when when he's essentially defending his own behavior right that's like almost the worst form of this in the context of invalidating your partner and uh-huh. sort of doubling down on what is often something painful that she's describing and then mm-hmm. either feel as if your husband doesn't support you or or, or worse, to feel as if your husband is uh, demonstrating an inability to understand why it hurts or that he's, he's more or less saying this is going to keep happening over and over again because he's just not grasping this idea that, you know, some suggestions. That it's that
1: problematic, that he, right? Yeah, that it's a problem.
0: If he, if he doesn't agree that it's bad, then you can be pretty sure he's probably going to do it again. And, and, and so begins the cycle that will last months and years for a lot of people um, until the relationship gets very bad or, or one of them chooses to, to leave it, uh-huh. often both. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think it's really sad because, because again, nobody – I feel as if, if both people fully understood what was happening, kind of on a macro level, um, that, that they wouldn't do that, that they'd make better choices if they had a crystal ball. <laughs>
1: Well, or as I like to tell people, if they've taken a Relationship 101 class, um, which I keep thinking people should have to do that before they graduate from high school. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and part of this, and, and I know that one of the ways, I mean, we met because I found your block. And, and I've kind of gotten on you over the time about, you know, it's not always the guy's fault that, that women have their own blinders on as well that contribute to this toxic interaction, this toxic conversation, this same fight. Because in reality, if one person can do something different, then it can change the pattern. But again, it's, it's the not knowing, it's the not understanding, it's the, well, I don't understand why this matters so much to you. It shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, my, my least favorite word in the English language, should, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal as opposed to, oh, this is a big deal. And um, I frequently like to use the, the analogy of how we deal with our children. Now, I, I do remember, you know, very vividly my father saying to me, <clears throat> that if I didn't stop crying he'd you know, he'd give me something to cry about. It's like, okay, if I'm crying I'm obviously thinking I'm having something to cry about. But it's somewhat of that idea and I swore to God I would never say that to my children and I never did. They're both adults, so I got away. But but it's that same kind of idea that if you wouldn't say it to your child, why would you say it to your spouse? You know, and and it, because we don't always understand why our children are hurt, but we don't want them to be hurt. So we try, you know, so we listen to them. You know, we <laughs> we listen to them when they cry about the monster in the closet or whatever, you know, or the friend who's mean to them or whatever it is. But we somehow don't give our partners that same grace.
0: Well, no, that's true. I wonder, again, not to pick on the guys, but I wonder if there would sometimes maybe be a correlation between uh, a husband who does not engage in a healthy way in these conversations with his wife as being the same kind of dad who might say, uh, you know, <laughs> no, that you know, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. And, uh, or just not take seriously the concerns of the child because, you know, again, through the prism of quote unquote adulthood, he, he or she knows that it's no big deal. But, uh, that doesn't change the very real feeling that the child's feeling in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: like to. I don't like to uh, like juxtapose like uh, childhood necessarily with a wife. I don't want to sound condescending no, that,
1: yeah.
0: or insulting so in I any way. But, but the dynamic to me is the same. And so the reason I I, I tend to I don't want to say pick on guys, but the reason I tend to put the onus on men as a general rule to help with this is because I perceive in this really common scenario for the wife to be experiencing pain, very physical, real, measurable pain that the husband is blind to. Mm -hmm. And so the husband is, is maybe mistreated in conversation a little bit, or, or maybe there's some missteps in the communication on the part of his wife, but I don't, he tends not to be hurt. Not, not in the every, in the everyday sense. In the in the dinner table conversation, I think the wife is commonly feeling pain from the way her husband is treating her. And I think that the husband's quote unquote pain comes much later when his wife starts emotionally withdrawing from him and you know the relationship starts to take a turn, which which sometimes happens, you know, five hundred a thousand conversations later. Right.
1: And so and that's i why. I, like I don't that, like the idea of pain. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that clarification because because I do think that's true and, and I think part of the reason is is that men is that men aren't quite as in touch with their pain as women are because from the time they were little kids they were told, suck it up. It doesn't hurt just get back in the game. Um and so I think a lot of times it's it's more about ignorance than it is um ill intent. But 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 the impact of the pain is exactly the same. It doesn't really matter how the pain arrived. It still hurts.
0: That's right. And I spent years acting like my wife shouldn't be very mad at me because I was doing everything by accident, mm-hmm. not taking into account, um, you know, this idea that you know, if you flail a knife blindly in the dark and you start cutting <laughs> people, um, if you keep doing that over and over again, no matter how accidental the wounds are, people are still being hurt by it. And, mm-hmm. and it took me a while for me to make that, that connection, M- much too late.
1: So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking toxic communication with relationship coach and blogger Matt Frey. And if you're like most couples, you do some version of the same fight. Maybe you do it often and your marriage is suffering. The question you might want to ask is, how's that working for you? How do you feel in your marriage right now, and what do you think will happen if you keep doing the same old thing? So I would like to offer an alternative, the opportunity to move past the same fight and into a more connected and sustainable relationship. So if you're interested, just send me an email or give me a call and schedule your happily ever after transformation session. And you can reach me at area code 919 Again, 919 Or you can send me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. Coaching, N is in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. And isn't it time for something different? Right. Now, we're going to find out from Matt what his STFU shut the fuck up method is, and how it works. So take it away.
0: <laughs> you're, you're very fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't know we were, we were going to say the actual word. Um,
1: ah, well, you know.
0: Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. If I If I offended
1: um, anybody too that.
0: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, what's interesting to me about what we've been talking about with the guys mm-hmm. is that I don't think there are – I want to be careful. I'm speaking, again, in broad generalizations. Uh, there could mm-hmm. be strained relationships with children. Uh, occasionally there could be offended people out in the world. But generally speaking, I don't think the average guy has significant negative consequences from this behavior that will end his marriage, just as a, as a general rule. And that is, that is this, his wife is sharing information with him, a story – or, mm-hmm. or, or or, basically requesting his help with something at home or in the relationship. And then he's responding in these sort of classic and validating ways that, that cause pain. He can do that with his guy friends. He can do that with his siblings. He can do that with, you know, coworkers. And, and nothing bad happens to him.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it,
0: it only materializes at his home. Um, oftentimes, these guys are amazing. They're brilliant. And they're they're successful at work. And they've got tons of friends the only person in their entire life that ever complains about them is the person they married and share all their resources with, you know, like give all their well, money so to. Well, obviously it
1: must be her fault because nowhere else but in his life is it a problem.
0: But she's the statistical outlier. She's the <laughs> one that's not like everybody else. I think it's really easy to see how some guys dismiss that. They, mm-hmm. it, it sounds awful, but I, I sort of get it in a math way. So, one of the first things I talk to the guys about is, is I really don't want to put them on the defensive. I I don't think it's a character flaw. They've spent their entire lives doing this, and there isn't anything mm-hmm. inherently inherently it's wrong with behavior. it. In like a moral way, it's mm-hmm. it's not morally reprehensible. It's not a character flaw. It just so happens that when you do things a certain way in a marriage it can be, it's sort of proven that it can be bad in like a John Gottman statistical analysis kind of way. And, you know, Uh I equate it with like, you know, smoking pot recreationally in California versus Oklahoma. In one place, nobody bats an eye. In another place, you can get arrested. Uh Um, The exact same behavior in in, in a certain set of circumstances are not treated the same. So what is okay in 99% of your life situations? Is maybe just not okay in the context of your relationship, and it can be very difficult to sort of communicate that effectively. But 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 once the guy understands the SCFU method, he right. is is learning how to to pause this inclination, this instinctive gut reaction to start challenging um, his wife's interpretation of what happened, or mm-hmm. to stop judging or evaluating her emotional reaction to it. Because it tends to be one of those things. He he tends to disagree with her retelling of the story, or he tends to disagree with her level of emotional reactivity to it. He thinks like one of them are wrong, and then he shares that. And and it's in an honest, earnest, reasonably well-intentioned way that Mm -hmm. can cause enormous pain for his wife, particularly when it's happening over and over again for years.
1: Well, and before, before I let you further discuss the method, I want to go back and ask or, or highlight something that you said, and I was a little bit flip about it, and I didn't mean to be, but um, it was this idea that the one person who is hurt is the person he promised to love, honor, and cherish. And, you know, and so she's the outlier, but, but this is what makes marriage different. Marriage isn't the same thing as your job. It's not the same thing as hanging out with your friends. It's not even the same thing as parenting. It's, it's, it's sort of all of those things and more. And, you know, we are usually, in, and especially in good relationships, we are much more open and emotional and vulnerable with our life Partner than we are with our coworker or even now. I I, I think I think that men can be with um, maybe lifelong friends that they can be more open. But usually, if you're just you know shooting hoops or or having a beer with your with your buddies you're generally not getting into the kind of thing that you get into when you're sharing your life with somebody. And and that may be what maybe men are missing is that they're just kind of going, well, everybody else in my life thinks I'm great. And here, you know, here's this person who's just tearing me down all the time. That's right. Yeah. I, so I wanted to get yeah. that out there. Now, now continue to talk about how, what, how guys could get out of this.
0: Well, So, all right, so the first step, when I'm talking to a guy that I recognize as being exactly like I was in my marriage, which I perceive mm-hmm. to be very bad, is I, I want to see him as the, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt on, on his character mm-hmm. and, and on his, his intellectual capabilities and his intentions and all these things. So my first step is to say, okay, do you, can you see how you can be a very good person and, and sort of blindly Thoughtlessly be inflicting pain on your spouse, so we have to kind of talk through these nuanced conversations about about how invalidation can be so painful for mm-hmm. someone else, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's really tricky um, a lot of times because they feel as if they have this this grasp on objective truth, on objective reality, and that and that their wife is is somehow you know like a slave to just the emotional whims of the moment and that that it's relative truth. I've I've actually had people say that to me, that, you know, they're like, I want to talk about objective versus, you know, relative truth. And and shouldn't objective truth outweigh that? And, you know, that's a really murky conversation. I don't know if you're on end of that.
1: Oh, I I do. And what I basically tell people is, now, if we are talking objective facts like, it's sixty five degrees outside and we have like ten thermometers that all say it's sixty five. That's an objective fact. Now, here's the question. Is it warm or cold? And that's usually what and that's and guys are actually really not talking about subjective truth. They're, I mean almost and it's not just guys, all of us are mostly talking about subjective truth, which means everybody either which means both people can be right.
0: No, that's brilliant. The the follow up question is it warm or cold is Absolutely brilliant. Um, I get it. And, and so that's it. And you know, we talked about it with the little kid earlier. The, the little kid who thinks a monster's under his bed, it doesn't matter that there isn't a monster under his bed. If he's mm-hmm. terrified, if he's terrified, how, how does the objective truth of no monster being there uh, comfort him or, you know, help him stop crying or, or stop being afraid or, or whatever? There's, there's a very real condition the child in that case is experiencing that, if if you if you love that person i i would think you would want to help them overcome anyway the, the same is true in in our adult relationships <laughs> if if somebody feels bad it, it, it's almost irrelevant how whether they should or shouldn't feel that way the, mm-hmm. the the to me the the loving reaction leading with with comforting them supporting them demonstrating genuine care and concern for their their state of being, and their general well-being is a great first step. And I feel like when these guys, and again, it's not always guys, it's just most of mm-hmm. at least that I'm working with and talking to, uh-huh. when they lead in this way, when they when they are quiet. So the, the SDFU is like, don't do the thing you always do, where you yes. challenge the facts of the story or where you are, are trying to explain in a different way Um, your wife's experience, what if you just cared that she felt bad, that she was afraid, that she was stressed, Mm -hmm. that she was embarrassed, that she was uh, any number of things. She told you she felt a certain way, and instead of making a judgment about it, just care, just Mm -hmm. care. And then I really do think some productive conversations can happen after the fact where you can, in a nuanced, loving, mutually supportive way, have a conversation about whether there might be a better way of, of, of sort of rethinking it or dealing with it. But, but the time is not then and there when your wife is coming to you, trying to connect with you emotionally because you're the person she loves and trusts and wants to share her life with. So she's sharing these invisible parts of herself. And then when that gets thrown back in her face or it gets twisted to make her feel like she's less than, um, I mean, I really can understand how that can damage an individual and, and, and eventually the entire relationship breaks down. But even though the guy's not necessarily trying to do any of that. It, mm-hmm. it often is happening in his blind spots with, with just, just no awareness, right? This this the guy that's constantly surprised by his wife's dissatisfaction right with him. Exactly. And, and and that's that's not it's not an act. He really is surprised. He's like oh. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong
1: exactly. And, and 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 you know, one of my little pet pet things is to try to move people past or out of the concept of right and wrong because and I know that that's that's where people like to be. I mean we like it's this way or it's that way. It's you know, it's your yes, no, right, wrong, good, bad, and it's like that's where people get caught up and and it's about being able to see or maybe not even see, but just accept that you and your partner can experience the exact same thing completely differently. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's, you know, I'm always interested when I talk with my couples, so, you know, they'll come in and I'll say, well, you know, so how have how, you know, how, how things been since you were in last or since we last talked? And they'll say, and one person, and it's frequently the guy. Oh, they've been great. And I look at the woman, and it's like, um, I don't think so. But you know, it's that same kind of thing that you know, you know, the guy will go, well, we only have one fight, and the woman will go, yeah, we had one fight, and it's like they agree that they had one fight, but he's thinking, oh, it was. Yeah. So I'm ah! like, <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: it's exactly right. Um, I've. And I think I, I think symbolically your fabulous question about whether it's 65 degrees is warm or cold is sort of perfect, right? It depends on what we're talking about. It depends on the person. We're talking about air. We're talking about water. We, everybody responds to, to hot and cold differently. It happens all the time, right? People right. being more or less comfortable in certain temperatures. And, um, you know, to tell somebody that they're wrong for being cold or for being hot is... I don't know. Seems pretty, seems frivolous. So
1: well, and, it's, and it and what it actually is, and you and you were talking about this. It's actually disrespectful, and that I think is really what the core of it is. Is that you know, when I don't feel heard, you know, when I share something and you know I'm told I'm wrong or or however it comes out, that it it really is about disrespect, and that's what really kills. The relationships, I don't feel heard, I don't feel cared about, I don't feel respected.
0: Yes, ma'am. The, uh, the phrase that I was not aware of until maybe three or four months ago that I've adopted as a bit of a mantra because it just sort of um, serendipitously kept coming up over and over again mm-hmm. is this idea of, and again, broad generalizations, but about a wife or a woman in a long-term romantic relationship, the idea that she wants to be considered is, are the words that kept coming up over and over again. Multiple people, mm-hmm. multiple relationships. I want to be considered. And I thought it was fabulous. And uh, it requires a little bit depth of thought and nuance. But when I, I, think you can, I think you can help a guy in an average relationship where his wife doesn't feel considered. I think if you ask the right questions, you can help him understand why he doesn't feel considered mm-hmm. um, in, in, in terms of every, like, a lot of times in, in the average relationship, a, a wife or a mother will feel as if every decision she makes throughout the course of a day is considering her husband and her children, if applicable. And, and the husband often isn't thinking about anything but himself And Uh and very rarely is mathematically factoring his wife's experiences into the equation when making a decision about what to do. Everything from, you know, what time he's going to show up or whether he should text or call about some, you know, Uh little thing that's come up or tons and tons of things, right? There's countless examples of times in which one member of a couple is considering the experiences of the other. And 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 I do think men not because they're men, but I think you can observe it more often in men, that Mm -hmm. they are not considering their partner. um, In in the everyday decision and that state of being, that feeling that I'm not important enough to be considered is, back to your word, this idea of being disrespected, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's at the core of so many of these relationships where all of their friends and all of their family would say these are two great people from the outside looking in they have a great relationship but the two people Mm -hmm. in the relationship kind of hiding the dysfunction from the rest of the world this is bad you know we're totally disconnected and we're constantly at each other's throats you know literally or spiritually um so i I just think it's really tragic that good people accidentally find themselves here
1: well and 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 you are correct. It is, a, it is a very definite pattern that happens in many, many relationships. And, and the way in which it's addressed, and, the, and I'm going to call out my own gender on this, is that women don't know how to address it um, productively. Because you made, a, you made a statement a long time earlier in the conversation that really struck with me that the, there is no cost to a man doing this. And, you know, now, ultimately, there's a cost, but there's not a high enough price in the moment. And part of that is, is because women have been taught to back down. They've been taught, they haven't been taught how to bring this up in a productive way. Um, and, you know, I mean, when people think about cost, they think about punishment. It's not about punishment. It's about clarity. It's about, you know, how do I say that this is not okay and, and get you to hear me? So I'm wondering... Because you talk in the in your article about a reframe that helps this you know that helps the the method succeed, and I'm not sure. I mean, I think we've been talking about it a little bit, but can yeah. you be like clearly define what that what that reframe is?
0: Absolutely, I, I I perceive it to be within myself. You know, seven eight nine years ago, um, when I was you know doing a very poor job of marriage. And, and the thing that I try to, to talk to the guys about in terms of an actionable item, something they can work mm-hmm. on, so first you have to get it. So let's, you know, do you agree this is a bad thing that needs to stop? Yes. Okay, good. We can move on to step two. Step <laughs> two is you now, you now need to form a new habit. You need to stop doing the thing you do all the time and it never hurts you, right? It, it's, it's not bad because there's no negative consequences in your other relationships. There's only mm-hmm. negative consequences in your marriage. So it's very difficult to be mindful about this. It, I, I, I think, I I'm, I do defend the guys here. It's It seems ridiculous, I think, to some people, especially when they're in a relationship and they feel really bad because of the actions or inactions of their partner. Um, to, to to maybe hear me defend this, this obliviousness that's showing up over and over again, but truly does not have any context, like in his head and heart, for this being a painful, damaging thing that he's doing. So mm-hmm. it's like you've got to get him there. You know, I had to get myself there. And so the, the practical mind trick for me is the thing you always do that gets you into this, this same fight routine is you judge, you, you evaluate when your wife's talking to you whether she should feel that way or whether uh-huh. she should believe what she believes. You're, you're, you're instantly judging You know, whether that's correct or incorrect or right or wrong in in your mind, right? Does it it align with what you perceive to be the best thing she could think or feel? And then you Mm -hmm. say that. And what I encourage them to do is just eliminate that entirely. There there needn't be judgment. Your approval doesn't matter. Your disapproval doesn't matter. She's saying she's afraid. She's saying she's angry. She's saying she's sad. She's going to feel those things regardless of, you know, how correct or incorrect you think she is. And Uh if you show up for her, you show up for her as a partner who cares that she's sad, that she's afraid, that she's angry, and and you're willing to, like, sit in the negative emotion with her just so she knows she's not alone. And then you're willing, to whatever extent you're able to, to participate in, like, a behavior modification that can take away something that's hurting her or that can introduce some feel-good thing that can you know, improve her, her life or the state of her marriage or whatever. Um, I, to me, that is how you rebuild trust in a strained or broken relationship. That is how you just reinstitute a culture of safety for people who no longer feel safe in their, mm-hmm. in their relationship in their home. Um, and so it, I think a lot of people hear this and they're like, you're kidding me, right? These, these <laughs> random conversations where I think my wife's being ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I, I that is is the root cause of my marriage, uh, you know, falling apart, and um, I just get well, easily dismissed in the way that his wife's complaints are, and and, yeah. and, and then nothing positive happens.
1: So well, buy-in is so important. Yeah, and I think that the point is is that that's what it that. What you're seeing on the surface, and if you want to think about it, like the iceberg, where you only where only ten percent of the iceberg is on top of the water, the real damage in your relationship is underneath. And so yes, that's the thing, because as you talked about before, it's about somebody being seen and somebody being validated and somebody being considered, and that's and and that's the stuff that's underneath the water where it's coming out. You know, and, and, and many times in artfully on both, on both people's parts. So I think it's, it, you know, you and I do this for a living. I think it behooves people to learn and to be curious because, it, you know, it's as you said, you know, I don't want my partner to feel this way, but my partner does. So, you know, yes, one option is that they would stop feeling that way, which, okay, lots of luck. The other one is what can happen so they don't feel that way. And then this is where people, like you were talking about, that they can, that they can talk about what needs to be different and, how, you know, and, and what might work better. You know, because that's basically, I mean, that's basically the same thing. If you, you, know, you want to play a better golf game, somebody looks at your game and says, oh, you know, you're doing this, try something else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you, you know. And with marriage, it's, you know, but the problem is, is that the person who's usually telling us is our partner, and somehow, you know, that doesn't seem to (laughs) always register. So, Matt, can you tell people um, where they can read your blogs, because they're fantastic, and anything else that you would like to share?
0: No, no, thank you. I, um... My personal blog is called Must Be This Tall to Ride, which can be found at mustbethistalltoride.com. And then I'm a regular contributor at the Good Men Project. Uh, they publish an article uh, every Thursday.
1: Terrific. Um, so what I, you know, I, I want to share, and I, I may have said this before to you guys, but a colleague once told me that all relationships end in tragedy. <laughs> and I went, what? And he goes, well, you either die or there's a brisco. and The problem is is that far too many relationships are miserable before that final blow. And I know that I don't want to be in that kind of marriage. And if you don't either, are you willing to do something about it? And hopefully one of the things, go read Matt's blog, keep listening to the show. And until next week, stay loving.